Springsteen singing Rob Fusari. Ready? You looked at me and cried. Said Clarence, the big man. That's no. Don't do that, Marconi. Not working. All right. You know what's happening right now? I'm not screaming this week, Ashley. And you know what we're doing? We're listening to Music Biz 101 and more on Brave New Radio. Yes. It's great to be back. Every week on Wednesday night, Dr. Steve. It's great to be back because we had a six-day layoff. Right. Yeah, but it's good to have. So, Doctor Esteban Marconi is here. So what You're are still we doing tonight? Uh, right now, we're gonna. Um, we got a big show. Tonight, we have a huge we? show tonight. Yeah. We have our, our friend uh, George Dassinger on the faculty yes. of William Patterson University. George Dassinger's in the house. He's in the house. Low profile. He's gonna clean the drapes, and then yeah, we have right. a very excellent student co-host tonight. His name is Nick Spillert. Yeah. He'll Nick. clean up the spills. Bounty towels. Clean up the spiller. And then, of course, we have uh, our very good engineer producer, Ashley Weltner. Yes. Hit me in the arm, and I'm going to get myself a Weltner in the arm there. Ashley Weltner right there. And then guess what's, Guess who's on your left, my right, the Lister's center? His name is Mark Weiss. And he's a real-life Weiss guy. A photographer rocking yes. both, Dr. Yes, Mike. Yes, Mark yes. Weiss. He's in the house, too. It's his house. Yeah. His mortgage. You owe the bank. All right. This is literally insane. But, but, uh, so this is Music Biz 101 and more, Brave Radio 8.7. This is the number one radio station in the country, should you enjoy the college radio thing. Right. And we're listening to the sweet sounds of Rob Fusari's Don't Let Love Down. And we mentioned the guest. We mentioned all these people in the thing. By the way, you could call in tonight if you have questions for... Mark Weiss, 973-720-2730-OCHO. And then go to musicbiz101wp.com, sign up for our newsletter, follow us on the Instagram, the Twitter, the Fist, the book, at musicbiz101wp. This is recorded, and Mark Weiss will become a podcast. Can you only see, like, half of me, Mark? I can see through one eye of you. There's a lot of stuff going on in the studio. It's like I want to take a picture. Yes, it's good. Do, do people crowded. ever say to a photographer, take a picture, last longer? And then you can say, okay, that's what I do for a living. Hey, let's hear it for, let's <laughs> hear it for Dave's Never. birthday. Today's hey, birthday. That's right. Happy birthday. <laughs> Dave, it's your birthday? Today is my birthday, Mark. Nobody came in. Thank you. I have a present for you. That's, is it legal? Because yeah. we displayed the legal ID. That's why we want to make sure. Okay. Oh, look at that. Wow. He's got a, you can't see this. He's no, given me for a John Bonham. Bonham, with an H, right? Bonham, no H. A John Bonham picture that we are now going to... Nick, hold this picture as I get... This is great radio right here. This is great radio right here. See this? Beautiful. There we go. Thank you, Mark Weiss. Great. That was uh, when I was uh, sneaking in the cameras back in the day, 1977. I was a 17-year-old lad. Wow. And, uh, yeah, it's yours. Can everybody see this on the air? Great. (laughs) There we go. We should say, uh, or I should say, if you have... Uh, looked at rock photos from about 1975, 76, so on, on, you have seen a Mark Weiss photo. Yes. A shot. I didn't realize how many Mark Weiss photos I had seen until yes. I started looking at Just People don't Mark usually Weiss. look for the credit and so on. No. But Who cares about the photographer? That's I just right. want to see Steven Tyler with no shirt. Right. But it turns out there was a guy with no shirt taking Big a picture of that guy with no paparazzi shirt. Paparazzi, you. That's right. Speaking of Rob Fusari and paparazzi, who, which he wrote. But we want to give a couple thanks real quick before we get into the meat, into the scrapple of our show. 
Get it? Mm-hmm. Scrapple is meat, Nick. Nick Spiller, everybody. We want to give thanks to the Music Biz Association. They were here last night. Mm-hmm. Uh, Christina Roof is in the room. Hello, Christina. She's another DJ here. She's another student. Just say yo. Hello, yo. Hello, Christina. That's enough. Please stay away. <laughs> uh, but we want thanks Music Business Association. They were here last night. We had a great networking event. Nick Spiller was here on my, who's on my left, your right. Nick, what'd you think? It was a good time. That's enough, Nick. Yes, we had a great networking event. It's going to happen also again in Nashville, Tennessee. Yes. So Music Biz is going to Music Biz and the Music City, and that's May 15th to 18th, and we hope you go along with us. We have about 19 or 20 people coming, so we're excited about that. We want to thank, of course, Rob Fusari, because we're not going to Nashville without Rob Fusari's donation, Mm -hmm. so he's helping us out with that. And we want to thank the folks at Van Dyne, Bruno, Inc and White Hat Management. You see, Steve Marconi, with artists like Charlie the Pooth, Dave the Matthews, and Kiss. The Kiss. The Kiss. There's only, imagine if they were The Kiss instead of Kiss. I'm going to see The Kiss tonight at, <laughs> at, at Garden. Ah. <laughs> In The Kiss, there's only one place to go for your band's business management. Go to vb-cpa.com when you're ready. Again, congratulations to Brave New Radio for being named the number one college radio station in America by the Intercollegiate Broadcasting System. Managing your band, 6th edition, coming out May 23rd. Yes. Call now, 973-720-2738. Marconi will give you an autographed copy. Yes, I will. That's right. Autographed by David Kirk Phillips. That's right. We didn't say who would autograph it, but it will be autographed by Mark Weiss. Right. Mark, we didn't tell you. We stole 17 of your best shots. They're all in the, in the book. Yes. You, you don't care, right? No, no. I'm We're all family over. at this point. Yeah, that's all right. There we go. All right. So that is everything that we need to know. We're up to speed. We're eight minutes after the hour. Stephen Marconi, why don't you take it away? Well, thank you very much, Dave. Yes. <laughs> uh, and we did have a great time last night with Music Business association people and uh i think everybody now has the buzz here who's in the music business area and the pop music area that uh feel it that we're getting close to going to nashville the music city and uh ready for a great time but beside that we do have a (laughs) special guest here tonight mark weiss and uh as i said earlier if you have looked at rock photos you have seen some of his work and it's uh, outstanding, creative, artistic, and so on. And I think the first question we probably should ask is, how'd you get into it? Uh, well, when I was uh, 14 years old, I was mowing lawns. And uh, I knocked on this one guy's lawn whose lawn was uh, unkept. And I said, uh, you need your lawn mode. And he said, no, not really. And I said, well, it looks like you do. And uh, he said, I'll tell you what. And he came back with this camera. I said, if you mow the lawn for the season, I'll give you this camera. <laughs> and I still have the camera. It's under like glass. Like it's like, you know, a museum piece now. But, yeah. Uh, so that's yeah. really how I got my first camera. I mean, if I wow. didn't mow that lawn, I probably would have a lawnscaping business. All right. So now how <laughs> did you get the idea to do rock photography? Uh, well, I was really intrigued by developing film. I used to like, you know, go in my parents' bathroom and set up uh Enlarger for all you kids out there. There was before digital. There was enlargers and chemicals and magic water that you know would put a piece of paper in and it would come to life. So to me that was like I like magic back then, and to me that was magic. Ah. And uh, that's how I got my start and my interest. But then uh, a couple of years go by, a year go by after shooting my brother riding his motorcycle and my dog running away, I uh, I mm-hmm. put the camera down mm-hmm. until I was in high school, tenth grade. And uh, I went to uh, Crosby, Stills, National Young concert at Roosevelt Stadium, 1974. Uh-huh. Wow, Jersey City. Jersey City, mm-hmm. yeah. And it was just this whole scene. It was like a Woodstock ex- experience. And uh, and I just, you know, there was girls around. There was guys. There was partying. And I just, like, loved that whole festival experience. It yeah. was like a, definitely, a, you know. Saw this one guy walk to the... Uh, front of he passed us a friend of mine kenny ref walked to us he had a camera in his hand and a couple girls and you know <laughs> and i said well what are you doing and he's like i'm getting pictures so he made his way up front next thing you know it next time i saw the kid he showed me the pictures hanging on his wall and uh, i said i want to do that uh-huh. and that's how it started right so in those days could you just walk in with a camera around your neck no you'd have to uh uh, well, actually, I had a technique. So uh, once I started going to concerts, the first couple weren't really that successful. I would, you know, 
try to bring my camera in, I'd get snagged, and I had to kind of put it away. So mm -hmm. then I, uh, what I would do is I would uh, sneak my camera in. I would put it under my, in my fry boots. I would dismantle it, you know, my one lens, and then around my back and my hoodie, I would have, like, you know, my camera body. So when they pat you down, they can't really feel anything. Right. So I did that, snuck in, didn't have a ticket. I used to, like, you know, buy my way into the concerts for a few bucks, you know, give the guy who ripped the tickets, like, five bucks or ten bucks. Mm -hmm. And once I got in, I just went for the front, you know. So in between the bands, when, uh, you know, when the first band went off, lights went down, I would jump over the barricade and just make my way to the first ten rows, unbuckle the seats, get my spot so no one could get me, and i shoot the whole show. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I can recall... Uh I was on the road and I was in Toronto and uh, I forget the name of the the um, auditorium in Toronto right off of Young Street. But anyway, I was taking a break and the back of the club that we were working at was connected basically to the back of the auditorium and it was a country show. I can't remember who it was. And this is in the early 70s. And the country audience were, they were so polite and they were so sort of organized that they, they would all night long, they would just like two at a time go from the back of the auditorium right down the aisle to the front, get their picture, and then move to the side, and then the next people would do that. And it was going on for for three hours, I guess. And I was just so amazed that it was so nice and people were so nice to each other and they were allowing it oh yeah that you know prior to no flash so on and yeah. so forth or maybe in in canada they, that was in canada yeah, yeah it was in no, uh, new york city Toronto. is definitely a jungle yeah huh yeah. now you didn't have a press pass or uh no not until later hanging out no, for you. no i was totally uh you know you know combat mode uh-huh so who was the first artist you were proud of getting pictures of uh, well, actually, uh, it was uh, probably I got the most excited about when I when I got Kiss. When I saw Kiss play at ah. the Garden, I was like, you know, I heard about him, I seen him in magazines, and then once I saw him there, I was just like, wow, this is cool. Yeah, I, was, I was a bit into like that shock rock. Alice Cooper, another one, and then of course Led Zeppelin would really blew me away. All right, so these visual. Artists, especially the yeah, first two, you know, total rock and roll. That's what so I so animated. Yes, absolutely. Okay, so how did you then convert this to a business? Ah, uh, well, uh, speaking of Kiss, like I, I went and used to sneak my cameras in first night at a concert, like at a Kiss concert, and then I would uh, stay up all night and develop pictures, like maybe a hundred or two hundred of them. Go back the next day when they because they would play like multiple nights mm -hmm. and then i would sell them for a dollar a piece ah. so i did that for you know when i was 15 16 and when i was 17 i mean i had it down to a science i was making a little bit of money enough to pay for film and and expenses you know mm -hmm. chemicals and paper uh i uh got arrested at a kiss concert for they were kind of busting all the shirt sellers the bootleggers and right. i was a bootlegger and I went in a little paddy wagon, and uh, they said, if you want to come back and retrieve your material, you have to come before the, the judge. And I'm like, that's all right. Just keep the photos, you know. <laughs> and and then I was like, all right, now what do I do? And so what I did was I just went to Circus Magazine, which was the big rock and roll yeah. magazine in the time. Didn't know anyone there. I just, you know, got my photos, knocked on the door. Secretary took a liking to me, and... I told her, uh, you know, what happened, and they said, well, you know what, it's good, good deadline, good, it was, the art director was off deadline, why don't you uh, wait around, so I waited for three hours, and mm -hmm. I saw him, and he was really nice, and he told me that he liked my material, but I needed to shoot a different kind of film, yeah, I needed to shoot with a flash, Kodachrome, and, you know, that's what they accepted. Mm -hmm. Six months go by. The secretary said, do you have any Aerosmith photos? And I said, yeah, actually I do. And she said, drop them off. We need them. They're not letting anyone shoot in the photo pit. So we need pictures desperately. This is 1978, the summer. Uh -huh. Let, I dropped them off. Three months go by. I looked at the issue of Circus, and the Beatles were on the cover. And there was a little blurb about the centerfold of Steven Tyler. And I just opened it up, and there, were, there it was. And it looked familiar. I'm like, no, that can't be my photo. And there was my photo credit. Oh, they gave you photo credit. Oh, yeah, that's great. Uh, Did you get paid for it? I got paid one hundred twenty-five dollars. Was that good back then? Uh, yeah, I would have yeah. said five. Yes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would have done it for the photo credit, and mm -hmm. really, that's for 
in the next few years, they would hire me for like, you know, $250 and they would own all the photos for those yeah. shoots. So they can reuse them and reuse them. Sure. And I loved it because they, every time they use them, they would uh, have my little photo credit in and they don't have to buy other photos from other photographers. So if I was the hired gun, they would it would be assured that they would use my look at my photos first just to use them up as an economical stand. And uh, I kept seeing my name on it. And then managers started seeing it. And then other bands started. I was getting then they started hiring me that my first job was at Van Halen in 1979 at Convention Hall. They were just taken off. And that was my first backstage experience of like a band and uh you know it's the first time i met them and then it just snowballed it was like just a big ride that's happening to mm -hmm. today right so it's a it sounds like a small you know business uh in terms of uh, i guess the photographers that are considered artists as well i mean uh, certainly uh, annie Leibowitz was was shooting at that time and Chuck Poulin was shooting at that time. Yeah, it was, it was kind of different in a sense. Like, an Annie Leibovitz would get lots of money to do a, a setup shot. But Mark, the thing about that, when I was at Rogers Encounter, I'd hire Mark, he got along with everybody. Mm -hmm. And he had a way of putting people together and, and making a shot work. And he would go mobile, um, putting putting him out with Motley Crue. They loved him. You know, I, I, I had my differences with them. <laughs> but with Mark... Mark just could fit in, and, and that was half the battle. Like, you know, and he only had certain budgets to work with. Mm -hmm. Chuck Pullen did basically trade photos. You know, Chuck was really good at trade kind of things. Yeah. But Mark was better with artists. You know, mm -hmm. I and uh, Peter Frampton shot that he did. We went up to Peter Frampton's house, and Peter hated all these glamour photos. But he didn't shave that day. And he goes, oh, let me shave. Mark goes, no, 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 let me take the shot. So he's leaning over his counter in his kitchen, and the shot came out so great that Peter insisted that that be his PR photo from then on. Uh -huh. Yeah, George, I mean, I was so fortunate, really, to meet George. Um, uh, going back into my high school days, I graduated high school, and I used to go back and visit my teachers. And one of the teachers, uh, uh, Mr. Hatton, uh, was a film teacher, and he knew George. And uh, he told me uh, that they're starting this new magazine called Spectrum, and they're looking for young photographers that don't want to get paid. <laughs> I said, hey, do I get a photo credit? Yeah, it's fine. And the access. So that was my really early days of getting access. Mm -hmm. And George really, like, took me in and showed me, the, like, my first backstage, uh, you know, areas. Like Richard Flanzer over at Belmont, they had an account with. Uh, opportunity to shoot Blondie, The Cars, Flo and Eddie, Eddie Money. Rob, Robert Smith when he cut his hair, which he's never done since. Years Mark later. got that one shot with Robert Smith with a crew cut. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So, wow. yeah, so you know, really uh, those early days of getting into those, uh, you know, getting that access. I just loved meeting the bands. And then, as, you know, George would just say, this is what I want. And as long as he told, gave me a mission, I would just go after it. I would just, you know, like if no one was around, now I go after it. I know what I need to get. But back then, I was kind of a shy kid. Mm -hmm. And I just knew that, you know, George, I couldn't let george down or whoever hired me it's like all right that's what you want i can always blame it on george it's, uh, <laughs> if they go uh if peter frampton says well you know that's enough i said well george really wants me to get that shot you know right. so well, uh we even did a george martin party once when his book came out and we hired mark just to shoot the party and there's this great shot of steven tyler waiting to talk to george martin mm -hmm. mark was really good at capturing those second split second things in history uh -huh. and 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 easy to work with like some of those photographers were real pains in the asses to work with because right. they had an ego mark did not have an ego he just did his job he right. got the mission done right i just was quiet i wanted i just wanted i was like i couldn't believe i'm around these yeah. guys that you know i used to idolize and now sure. it's like i i'm too nervous to talk to them really and then right. once they start my my big thing was i would take the pictures next time i see him i would sh make a print and give it to them. And that's how I became friends with them. They were yeah. you know, kind of like, you know, show and tell. Yeah, right. What's, what, if I may, I, I think what's Please. interesting, if we put it sort of in, into context, when you started this in 75-ish? 76 six, was my strong year. Um, rock and roll in a way, if the Beatles came here in February of 64, so rock and roll sort of in America, this type was 11 years old. You know, it wasn't even a pubescent. 
Yeah, you know, yeah. so you were you were part of this massive wave, almost like the second generation, the first post-Beatles generation of that 70s rock and roll, which was totally changing music, which obviously led into uh, disco, punk, the whole alternative thing, the hair bands in the 80s. So it's pretty cool that you were there at the be sort of at the beginning of this because you were there in the Bowie era and then you were there with Motley Crue and Guns N' Roses in the 80s when they were doing the glam thing as well. So you kind of went through both eras. Well, it's funny because, first of all, in the 70s, I, don't, I look at the Beatles like 50 years, like that was 50 years ago <laughs> from the 70s. Like, you know, and now it seems like 50 years. But back then, it didn't seem like only 10 years. Well, everything was changing so fast. From 64 to 69, Crazy. where the Beatles broke up, yeah. within those five years, if you look at the culture, you look at the music, you look at the clothes, you look at the hair, it's like... Uh, life on steroids how quickly yeah. it went you know when you were still riding that it yeah was interesting. And, and right now in today's world it's like everything's like where's it gonna go it's not there's nothing gonna change mm -hmm. it now everyone's got crew cuts or you know there's no mm -hmm. long hair really anymore you know i'm hoping it comes back because you know i think people look better with long hair <laughs> you, you, know? you should get a man bun and move to Brooklyn. Oh, yeah. And get a beard. That would be, you could yeah, be sort of the hipster. I could do that. That's your next thing. Okay, yeah, I'll right. take you on that. All right, good. I'll send you a picture. <laughs> okay, just give it But to yeah, me. no, the 70s was like a magical time, but I was very envious of the photographers like Jim Marshall and uh, uh, Joel Brodsky and mm -hmm. uh, even Lynn Goldsmith and Mick Rock. I mean, they, Bob Gruen, they had that era that I was jealous of i was just getting into rock and roll photography then sneaking in but i had my eyes on their behind scenes photos and i was like wow what would it be like to shoot the sex pistols or this one backstage mm -hmm. or that one so mm -hmm. really when i started coming to my own into the my own genre it really wasn't like i was i, I was excited because i i grew with these bands but it was i always wanted to be the rolling stones photographer or Led Zeppelin's photographer. Mm. I still do, you know? Right. But, uh, you know, even though now I'm Ozzy's photographer and still shooting, and Guns N' Roses that I'm still shooting, and Kiss that I'm still, sh you know, all these bands that, you know, I just feel like that era before 10 years was, to me, that was the magic era. Mm -hmm. Joplin, Hendrix, you know, the three J's, you know? I would have right. loved to shot them. Mm -hmm. I mean, what are my three three J's? You know, I don't know. Right. Axel, John Bon Jovi, and you know, you ever get a Nirvana, Kurt Cobain, anything like no, that? No, I never, never did that. I was like, I was part of the '80s, and I did a lot of '80s cover covers, album covers that were very um, posy, and uh, you know, I thought, wow, I'm doing all these iconic album covers. My career is going to just keep going, you know, even after that happened. So what I didn't realize is that I really had to hide those images. So instead of like bragging about that, I did Twisted Sister, Stay Hungry and Night Songs and uh, Dokken and Cinderella and all those album covers where they actually are dressed like, you know, you're looking back and it's like, I really, I d definitely captured, captured a time that was kind of silly. <laughs> you know, I look back and it's like, you know, I'm in the photos with them, too. I'm not wearing the shiny pants or anything, but, you know, my hair should have been cut a little bit, you know, and mm -hmm. uh, um, I don't know. It was, I don't know. I, I still feel like that decade, the 80s, is going it, 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 to that that 10 years, whoever lived it and is listening to that music will stay young forever. I feel mm -hmm. like, you know, they go to concerts and they still have the same energy. They're never sitting on, sitting down. They're standing up. They're just as excited as I would have saw them back in the back in the day. So mm -hmm. I feel fortunate that I, I'm part of that. And uh, I don't know. We'll see where it goes. Maybe in ten years, I'll start feeling it, that it, my '80s was as important as my '70s. You know, I don't mm -hmm. know. It's well, I, I'm an '80s boy, so yeah. I'm the person who was buying the the. Uh, um, so how old my, were you? How old were you? I graduated high school in '86. Oh, you're a perfect. Okay. So I'm, uh, I'm right in yeah. your in your demo. Like when we did this '80s show here uh, a couple weeks ago. I mean, I was the demographic for the show. Right. You know. So and um, mm -hmm. so it was easy to market to who what I would like. You know. So mm -hmm. when you're talking about "Stay Hungry," the Twisted Sister record, and when you're talking about there are a lot of pictures you took of early MTV, which we haven't gotten into right. yet, of right. Mark Goodman and the crew there. Mm -hmm. And um, you mentioned uh, I posted on Twitter a photo that you had sent to me of you right in between Stephen Percy of Rat 
which I remember that first, like, round and round, you know, right, right. Uh, Milton Berle in the music video, yeah, you know, who sure. uh, anybody listening right now, if you know who Milton Berle is, then you're Dating 80 yourself. years old, you know. And then um, uh, Vince Steele was next to you, but you were right in the middle and you mentioned your hair. You looked exactly like those guys. So I'm yeah. actually doing a double take to see which is Steve Percy and which is you. Yeah, 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 yeah. My hair was longer, actually. Yeah. But I used <laughs> yeah. to go like, with all these bands and a lot of the bands would just be taken off. So the fans really didn't know what they all looked like. So I would be traveling with them on their tour buses and uh, I would get off the bus and they'd ask me for my autograph. They think I'm the keyboard player or the guitar player. Or, <laughs> Probably you know. the bass player, actually, because nobody... Also in that bass. period, the zines were how you marketed one of those bands. You did re repetitive story after story after story in the magazines. And, and Mark would capture all of that. Uh, I, I joke to Mark, look, one of the most embarrassing things I ever did was set up for the Girls, Girls, Girls cover. I had Mark come. We went out to L.A. We hired a strip club where we did the party. We hired two, four strippers, and they bent over, and on their panties, on the back of their panties, on their butts, it said, girls, 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 and we had the band leaning on top of them. I like uh, that photo shoot. Mark loved, Mark loved <laughs> it. I always felt that I really had stooped to one of the lowest things I ever had to do, but no, marketing? I thought it was the highest. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, let's do more of these. <laughs> All right. All right. So what's your take on... Uh... <laughs> I love that reaction. I just got to stop. <laughs> Here's Marconi's reaction. All right. <laughs> that's very... That's classic Steve Marconi. Yeah. So what... Yeah, what's your take on uh, the obsession with the paparazzi today? The paparazzi? Uh, it's never been a fan of anyone's, really. I don't think it's any different. It's just more, more out there because now there's video and everything else. Uh, I mean, I don't... I don't believe in it. You know, I never mm -hmm. did it. I... I mean, is it a job? I guess. I mean, right. You've uh, been able to keep yourself totally separate from oh, that. Oh, yeah. I've never. Category. I, no, I mean, I've done events. I still do events. I like shooting events still. Uh, so I, I, mean, I don't say that, I don't say no to anything. I mean, I would say no to stalking out on someone. Right. But uh, not paparazzi. I mean, you know, now that cameras are so readily available uh, and you can make a buck if you get the right shot i mean yeah. you know so I, yeah. I really feel bad for the celebrities and i, I always say in class and so on if it, it's really our fault if we didn't buy people us whatever those magazines are that they you know that they fill with all these shots then there wouldn't be this market and maybe uh lindsey lohan could go have a hamburger without uh yeah 55 Flash bites, uh, it, flash yeah, it is part of the game. It always has been 30s, 40s, 50s. Yeah, you know, but not so. to this. I well, think. No, uh, but you know, now going. So, so if you're gonna an up and coming star, and you would say, all right, if I make it to be a superstar, and this is what I'm gonna get, you know, would, would you still take it or leave it? I mean, they still go after it, and they know what's they know what comes with it. Mm -hmm. It's just how you work. It. I mean, there's some stars that that are pros and and just are respectful, and you know. Yeah, you can get crossed. The line can get crossed, and they can snap, and they can have a bad day. But you know, right? It's, right. I don't sure. consider it photography. It's it is photography. You're, they're capturing moments, angry mm -hmm. moments a lot. Mm -hmm. You know, in those terms. But uh, right, it's nothing you'll see me like. Well, it, it started in the '70s. It was a guy named Steve Sands who shot for the Post, who used to stalk. I remember him, him stalking Olivia Newton-John to the fact that she was terrified. You know, and now in LAX, there are like a there were like a bevy of them. Yeah, Mark came out of a group of photographers that still had ethics and 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 respect for people. These people, it's just about money, and that's all they see them as. Right. You know, they're, they're commodities. But on the other hand, if you're smart about it, you give them something, they go away. If you don't give them anything, they will hunt you down. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, on the baseball side, actually, I used to be. Uh, I did some stuff with Kurt Schilling, who was a pitcher for the Red Sox and Arizona Diamondbacks. And he and his wife, we were doing some stuff together. And their whole mantra basically was, give them what they want, because then they will leave us alone. Mm -hmm. And as long as he didn't say something stupid, which was very often, um, they wouldn't be bothered as much. So they could actually walk around town. They could do things up in the Boston mm -hmm. area mm -hmm. be because they would, you know, yeah. if you wanted an interview or you wanted a picture, they'd, they'd just let you do it. So right. there's nothing to stalk because yeah, it was saw, all out there. I saw Bieber do that at, uh, about a week or so ago where he entertained them mm -hmm. for X amount of time. And he said, can now, guys, can I eat?
Right. You know, sit down with my friends now, and they and they left them alone. So maybe you're right. You want to read a tweet? It's eight thirty already. No, it's it's good. And um, we have Nick Spillert's going to read this tweet question for you. Oh. What makes a photo a great photo? Uh, it's all about the moment. It's all about uh, you know capturing that time that's not going to be around again it's just that split second so you just being at that spot you know whether you're at a concert or backstage or something that you set up in a photo studio it's just getting that mood and that get get everything lined up and clicking the button and you're you're good to go mm-hmm. yeah uh, one more read who it's from too oh, i'm sorry i didn't i didn't prep you before it's my fault I think. this is from abel as a photographer of musicians, do you need written consent from the artist before you use any of the material for uh, for profit? Uh, if you sign something, uh, and usually they don't want it, you know, if you sign something, they don't even make you sign anything anymore because everyone in the audience has a camera phone. But they used to like make you, they used to let you shoot three songs and you have to sign that it's only for this magazine, sometimes it's one-time use. I remember sometime I used to get contracts saying that uh, you can only use it for a period of 30 days and we own it after that. And my philosophy is just sign it. A lot of photographers would, you know, would bitch about it. Mm-hmm. And, I, you know, I would, uh, I would just sign it and don't even think about it. You know, mm-hmm. they don't go after you. Yeah. No one goes after you. I mean, unless you have some explicit photograph that they want to stop, but or a live cool. photo. Maybe Yoko would go after you. <laughs> right. In, in our country, we do have freedom of the press. In England, they're more rigid about it, you know, and they, they, there's been a lot of cases in favor of celebrities, but nobody's ever made a test case of it here where it's actually worked. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We mentioned uh, earlier uh, we have uh, Rob Fusari who uh, was playing the song at the beginning of this, and he's done work for Lady Gaga and all that. He toured with the band ABC from the 80s over... Uh, over Christmas time, and he wrote a song with Martin Fry, who is from ABC. Mm-hmm. And he toured, he opened for the band. And uh, I wrote a blog post because it had their Christmas song, and it was out on YouTube. And so our website, which you saw today, musicbiz101wp.com, I wrote a, a piece about the song, and I included a picture that I found online of Rob on stage holding his guitar. Um, two weeks later, I got a note from the person who actually took the picture saying could you i think i think either he wanted me to use a different picture or give him photo credit or something like that so i answered and within five minutes i made the change it was like perfect timing that day and he wrote back he was he couldn't believe that that number one that i did it and then he he was just so thankful that i'm sure this happens quite yeah, a bit yeah, to yeah. somebody like that that somebody actually responded and was respectful i guess too yeah yeah he's trying to do yeah no that happens with me on the internet especially because some I, I post things and you know, sometimes I'll actually have the, my little watermark on it, but sometimes they crop it out because it looks better on their site. And then I'll go to them, I'll say, you know, can you not, you know, I'll send it to you. If you want to use it, can you please, you know, post it? And here's my link to my Facebook or my website. So mm-hmm. it's, it works hand in hand. You got to work with each other, you know, because, right. you know, the, these fan sites and websites of other people, they, they can help promote what else you got going on, whether it's a you know, charitable event or you're selling a photograph on a website. So, you know, I, I work with people like that. What is your website and Facebook? Um, so people know. It's uh, mwhysky is my Facebook. So you just do uh, facebook.com slash mwhysky. Uh, and my website is Weissguy Gallery. So that's W-E-I-S-S, like my name. Mm-hmm. And Guy, G-U-Y, like Guy. I named my son Guy. He's the Weiss Guy, really. And <laughs> uh, so it's Weiss Guy and then Gallery. Weiss Guy Gallery. Mark, Mark why don't you tell me how you got that name? Uh, that's a good story. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, well, actually, in high school, the kids used to call me Weiss Guy. Just as I used to goof around a lot, play little jokes, like you have the dollar down there and hit the button and it would, you know, take it. So a little silly joke. So they kind of been dubbed that in high school. But then it was after high school, I kind of forgot about it. And then I was on the road with uh, Motley Crue, and uh, after several uh, shots of Jack Daniels and uh, getting bitten by Nikki Six and held back by Tommy Lee by uh, <laughs> by a, a, you know initiation of getting on the bus, I sat down and uh, Mick Mars, the guitar player, uh, was watching the Three Stooges, and you know one of the lines was "Nice guy," 
So he, he dubbed it Weiss Guy, and then uh, I did a spread on Motley Crue when I put photos by Mark Weiss Guy Weiss. So, right. that, so then it stuck. All right. All right. That's All a great right. line by Curly. All right. Again, we're dating ourselves. So, uh, Mark, what are you excited about now coming up? Well, right now, I mean, I'm still taking photographs. Uh, uh, I just came off uh, tour. I did a week's worth of shows with uh, Kiss for mm -hmm. their new tour book. Uh, and over in Mardi Gras, they, they did the parade there. And uh, I bumped into this gentleman named Scott Paul, who was uh, opening up uh, Rock and Brews, which Rock and Brews is uh, founded by uh, some gentlemen on the West Coast. And... Uh, Del Ferrano. Del Ferrano right. and Michael and Gene and, and, Gina, Gina and Paul uh, from KISS are partnered with them. And they've been opening up these rock and brews all around the country. And uh, Scott Paul was at, at one of the shows and he came up to me and said, you Mark Weiss, the photographer? I said, yeah. He said, uh, well, I used to have my ear pictures on my wall, all over my wall. And we started talking and then he started telling me that he was a... Uh, a new rock and brews opening up in Orlando shortly, and uh, he had this artwork that this wall of art that he'd like to fill. And I told him about this collaboration I have with David Banagas, where he would take a mirror image of my photograph and do his interpretation of it with different texture paints and whatnot. So it's would look like my photograph, and I showed it to him, and he loved it. Three weeks later, we're up on scaffolding and made this 30 by 10 foot painting of Debbie Harry, Steven Tyler, uh, Axl Rose, and Jerry Garcia. Some iconic, some of my iconic photos. So it's going to be opening up on the 24th of April, and we are going to be uh, donating some of the proceeds to, or all the proceeds of uh, the Axl photo, which is like a half half split of half my photo, half the painting, to um, to the Orange County Animal Services, which is Scott's uh, charity that he wants. He loves animals and dogs, and so we're going to donate there and some of my photographs. And we're going to showcase the photographs and paintings and make some awareness and have a good time. Yeah, it's sounds just... like fun. So you are almost moving into another genre with these. I feel like the art, it takes my photographs to a different, like, it's just something different. I always wanted to be one step ahead of everyone else, something a little different. I mean, there's always been artwork with, you know, of celebrities and and artists and musicians. Mm -hmm. But the idea of having them actually take my photograph and just work exclusively with me and make my photographs come to life, it's just really exciting to see him paint it. I mean, he's an amazing painter, David. And, uh, you know, hopefully this will branch off into some future endeavors. But we've joked because I used to go through so many people, you know, and I, I, I guess I was a bad boss because they said I was, I used to yell a lot. <laughs> <laughs> but I just wanted things done my way and I'm a hard communicator. So it's like often I, I say something and they're like, well, you didn't tell me to do that. I, I didn't. I did in my mind, but they didn't hear right. me because I didn't say it or I didn't say it right and you know it would frustrate me and I get mad and but that's the interesting part of the, the whole entrepreneur you didn't realize I, I guess I read the first 25 pages of your book which we have to get into real quickly too uh, and and you mentioned how you you weren't going to be good you, you had memory problems because of a, an incident you had when right. you were a kid yeah. uh, on a on bikes and so you weren't going to be good in a corporate environment working for somebody else necessarily working in an office. So you were able to turn a negative almost into a positive and find your place in the world. But uh, as a entrepreneur then, you obviously were making mistakes. You were growing too fast and, you know, like you said, spending money where you didn't need to spend it and yeah. learning, you know, hard Hard knock yeah, I, I just learned as I went and I was just having a lot of fun and I would just like seeing my pictures in there and and just I, I knew how to do it. To me, it was simple. You look through the lens, you take it, you say, oh, it looks good. And, I, you know, click it. If you needed to add light, you do some, a photo studio. You just put the light here. Does he look good? No, All right, I'll put the light here. Oh, he looks good there. To me, it, it was pretty simple to do. 
And then the business end, okay, magazine needs some photos of Aerosmith. All right, I'll send it to him. These are simple tasks that anyone could really do. Mm -hmm. So I knew how to do that, you know. But if you were going to ask me to, you know, balance a checkbook or, uh, <laughs> you know, take apart my car to fix or anything like that, anything that I, I did, I had a motorcycle accident when I was uh, 13. And I lost my memory before that, and I found out later in life that I really couldn't remember things after. Like, I, I would, like, meet people, and three weeks later, I would meet them for the first time again. And that's, and I kind of faked it my whole life, you know? And I realized that was, that was happening in the mid to late 80s. I didn't even think about it. I just, everything was going so fast. But then as things slowed down, I'm like, how come I don't remember being at that photo shoot, I did that photo, and, and then I bump into bands even today, telling me stories about what a great time we had, and it's like hearing those stories, I knew I was there, and and I just love hearing the stories, so I reminisce a lot whenever I meet, whenever I see like old friends and band members and whatnot. Well, it is great having you back. This is your fifteenth appearance on the show. Yes. So. Yes. Uh, we... Oh wow! Well, yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's Remember like, the like third home. one when you said that. No. You know, you also have to remember that era, there were people who were controlling this, like a Susan Blonde or yeah. a Bryn Bridenthal. They had their favorite photographers they would work. Bryn did all of Nirvana as she moved to Geffen, and it was all L.A., so she would only work with an L.A. photographer. And they would convince whoever the act was that this is who you had to work with. Mm -hmm. I, in a position, luckily, I had clients that would say, well, who should we get? And I would say, oh, you got it. Mark Weiss, he's great. You'll love this guy. And they would take it on that credit value, and I, I would, I wouldn't even go. I would just send Mark with them, and they would come back. Oh, he was great. We had the best time, and and half of it was having the best time. It granted, you had to come out with some sort of finished product, but Mark made it enjoyable for, for them most of the time. It wasn't like it was arduous. It wasn't like I hate doing this photo session. Why are you making me do this? It was just a different era, and some of those controlling people rub me the wrong way but mark was always great to work with he was just affable and and ult ultimately you want your client to come back and say we had a great time and as compared to um well we got the photo book and i love this photo like the peter frampton story is a perfect example well there's different style of photographers like there's i had competitors like every business does so there was there was like three of us there was a, some guy from the west coast and there was someone from england and everyone was different. The West Coast guy was like a partier, and mm. the, and the one from England uh, was the real like you know, in your face like I'll tell you where to pose and just listen to me and you're you're, a, you know, and call names you know stuff. And I'd be like, how does he get away with that? <laughs> and mm. I'd be just like, I can't believe I'm shooting you guys. This is fun, you know. And and I wouldn't, you know, I, my goal was to make them look as good as possible. I know the, to make them look as good as possible would be to make them as comfortable as possible, make them open up and trust you and show them the Polaroid and hang out with them and have a drink with them and whatever else. And just, you know, be their friends and just, you know, want, want them to welcome you on in their world, which really a photo shoot is a photo shoot, but on the bus and behind the scenes, which, you know, is those are magical moments that, that it takes a certain person and relationship to get. And I'm just lucky enough to be in there with, with that with those guys. I mean, they used to let me stay at their house and, you know, go to the tour, you know, gig to gig with them and they, whether they're a car and then they're growing up and, you know, it's just, uh, yeah, mm -hmm. it's, it's a good ride and it's still going, you know? Mm-hmm. Tweet? Do you have a question? Oh, oh, uh, can, uh, Christina Roof, ask a question. It's up to you. Yes. Yeah. Um, so I was just wondering, you've worked with all these awesome rock guitarists. What is the craziest experience um, you can recall with them? Or with... The with player? No, like, I'm um, sorry. Like, um, yeah. With whoever you well, photographed. Yeah. Oh, well, my craziest, I guess, when I was getting hazed by uh, Molly Crew, they, I was on tour with Ozzy, and they... Uh, I said, you know, can I go hang out with you guys? Because you know, they were they were cool. They had, you know, the party material and and the fun on the bus. So I said, you know, could you mind if I go hang out with you guys? Yeah, come on. Nikki escorts me on the bus, and uh, he stops me as I'm going. Tommy Lee sitting in the driver's side, and 
he starts biting me. <laughs> Nikki starts biting me. I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, draw blood. I'm like, draw blood? What? Uh -huh. I ain't drawing blood. And so he's he's biting me. He's like, I got to bite him back. Uh, and, you know, then I started walking back, and Tommy grabbed me, and he's holding me, and then Nikki's biting me, and meanwhile, the Jack Daniels starts coming. I'm saying, give me some of that Jack Daniels. It's starting to hurt. <laughs> and finally, I drew blood. And they let me on the bus, and that's when that story came into play with uh, me. Mick was watching the whole thing and watching the Three Stooges. Vince was there watching, shaking his head. Oh, no, not another one. I wasn't the only one they did this to. This is like a hazing they have. Initiation. And what? Initiation. Initiation, yeah. yeah. Are we not allowed to use the word hazing? Is that why you, or no, you're just using your vocabulary? I feel like they brought him into yes. you know? the family. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. a motley they world. <laughs> And I've never been the same since. <laughs> Thankfully to them. There's an, another tweet for you. When taking a photo for a record cover, do you spend the time getting to know the music in the band? Uh, yeah, I mean, anytime I do a photo shoot, I'll, I'll stick it on and listen to it. Um, back in the day in the 80s, I liked all the music. It all I liked that music. I liked Led Zeppelin. I liked, uh, you know you know rock and roll and all those bands were kind of like offshoots of well, i feel like the stones led zeppelin uh so the music i always liked and yeah and the more you listen to it the more you like it and i knew i was going to get to know them and and uh get involved so yeah i, I definitely listen to the music cool mm -hmm. um this one is from angus quarter pounder yes <laughs> <laughs> Um, what equipment do you use? Uh, I don't know. No. <laughs> uh, I have I have Canons. I'm not a tech guy. I can't even tell you the model number. I think, you know, it's 75D. It's, you know, every year it changes and they have more megabytes and megapixels and I don't really pay attention to it. And what frustrates me about the equipment today is, like in the old days, it would be three... You just have to adjust the the meter, the aperture, and the speed. And today, you, you have those choices too, but they're not in the same spots every time. Mm -hmm. So every time there's a new camera, you got to learn it. And again, my memory is not good, and it really frustrates me. So every time they come up with a bigger and better camera, I, I kind of like shun away from it. So digital is great. You know, it, you get tons of images and capture moments you don't have to wait and you see it you don't have to go to the the lab like in the past so um but i'm not a tech guy so there's nikons canons it's they're they're tools it's not the tool it's the person that's shooting we have about two minutes left why don't you bring up uh, your book the decade that rocked okay yeah. The Decade That Rocked uh, is a book that uh, is going to be kind of in my early days as a, as a kid when I first started mowing lawns and getting my first camera up until the 70s and sneaking in and then really the 80s where I kind of took, you know, where I really developed my craft. Uh, I'm going to end the book, I think, with uh, with bands I revisited, uh, Aerosmith, Kiss, uh, Cheap Trick. Judas Priest and, and we're intimate, you know, taking intimate photos uh, today too. So I think I'll end it there, but it's really focusing on that decade. It's like a timeline and uh, on the road. Uh, I've been working on it for three years and I always say it's coming out next year. Mm -hmm. So in a year from now, I'll probably say the same thing. No, it's just, it, hopefully it will, will come out next year. I'm working on it. It's really hard, but it's, uh, I'm putting together my memories in it. To me, it's going to be like all these, all everything that you read so far. It's really hard for me to put it down. But I, I friends and family and people that knew me back then, I interviewed them. Uh, over 125 interviews, anywhere from Ozzy to Ted Nugent, uh, you know, a lot of you know, people that I've worked with, talking about me and the times. Uh, just putting it all together and trying to figure out really how my how I, my career developed, like real specific, like when did I shoot that? I look at the photo and there's a date on it. Where did I shoot it? I don't remember. So I'll, now you go to, on, on the on the websites, set list, I think it's called, and you put in the, the month. So I just did this today for Motley Crue. I, where did Motley Crue play in November of 1984? I look at the dates, there's a whole list of them, and then I see which venue 
seems like I would have gone to. Was I in California then, maybe, or was it in the West Coast? So it's really, I'm just piecing everything together, and it's really going to be my, you know, my, you know, something I want to leave behind for my grandson, Jax. I'm a grandpa now. Wow. Uh, he's a year old, but his grandkids. So his, he can, someone I'm not even going to ever meet, you know. So my grandson, Jax, grandson will know about his grand, his great-grandfather. The legacy. Great-grandfather, yeah. Great-grandfather. Well, I think we should freeze Mark Weiss so he can meet the next six generations of Weiss guys. Uh, I think hey, you never know. Are you up for being frozen? Yes. Okay, we'll do that. This, this podcast will be frozen in time. So we should thank Mark Weiss for being on Music Biz 101. Yeah. Mark! Mark yes. Weiss! Yes. Man, Mark Weiss! Yes. Is that it? Well, no, we're still in the... I don't know why people are taking their headphones off. There's still rock and roll to discuss. No, we have about 16 seconds left. So, Mark Weiss... to my girlfriend, Michelle. 1L or 2? 1. 1L, couldn't afford the second, so sell some more photography things. Mark Weiss, there we go. And my son, Guy, and Adele. Great. That's great. My daughter, Adele. And you'll be in the Wayne Magazine in the May issue. With class, and Michelle took the photo. Oh, that's right. Nice to meet you, Michelle. And we want to thank... Nick Spillert for uh, reading these tweets so authoritatively. Yes. Thank you very much. Yes, and very, very. next week? Next week, uh, uh, the president, Jim Donio, of the Music Biz That's Association right. will, be will be here. will be back. Yes. We he's need to thank. He, I think in? he's going to call us on the, cell, oh. on the telephone. Uh, we want to thank George Dassinger yes, for class, being here. Thank you, George. And a special thanks there. to George Dassinger for Mark Weiss, because really, if it wasn't for George, I probably wouldn't be oh. here. And not, I don't mean in this radio station. I mean my career. Oh, yeah, that's and that's really actually nice. in the book. Really? George is all over that book. It's disgusting. Nice. Uh, Christina Roof, <laughs> thank you for your question. Appreciate it, Christina. Yes. And thank you to Ashley Weltner for producing yes, and, and taking control and saying, this is how it's going to work, boys. And you have four minutes happen. left. Yes, I know. I know. We still have an hour. So she keeps giving me this, would you please stop talking? So at the end of every show, we do not say hello. At the end of every show, we say, and this is Professor David Kirk Phillips speaking, at the end of every show, we say, Put your hand in mine and couldn't play.